Welcome to our Good Friday service. In the old normal, you and I would be in the New Hope Lutheran Church Sanctuary. It would be about 7 p.m. on Good Friday evening. Like now, the mood would be serious, the music in a slightly minor key. Yesterday, we would have gathered in a different church and probably communed together to remember that time in the upper room with Jesus and his disciples as they ate their last meal together before his crucifixion. Before that, we might have gone through the ritual of washing one another's feet or hands to remember Jesus' commandment to love and serve each other. Perhaps sometime yesterday, you used our Maundy Thursday at Home ritual, found on both congregations' websites and shared through other sources to remember that last act and last meal. In former years, at the end of that service, there would have been a mostly silent ceremony where all the things on the altar and all the cloth objects in the front of the church, the pyramids, would have been removed. How we got to the point of that this year is different, but our intent is not. The sanctuary is quiet and stripped of adornment. We will still reflect on the greatest of gifts given to us by our Lord and Savior. This year, for that reflection, we will use the seven phrases uttered by Jesus as he died on the cross. They are called the seven words, even though each one is more than a word. Please join us in preparing your heart for worship as we join in confession and forgiveness, led by Pastor Walt Dills. Hear these words of scripture for us this day from Luke chapter 23, verse 34. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Christ showed us his love by taking upon his divine nature, our humanity. And being incarnate, he lived among us as one of us, the way all of us should live. We beheld his flesh and blood, sweat and tears, joys and sorrow, his life. We beheld his glory and we shuddered seemingly turning away from it and cried out over its simplicity and sublimity. On this Good Friday, in our worship, we open our hearts and minds to your lament, Christ Jesus, over your followers so tattered in their faith. Hear our prayers, Lord God. Hear our prayers. Forgive us. Heal us and reestablish us renewed into your faith family. Let us all pray. O oh, my people, O oh, my church, what have I done to you or in what have I offended you 
I led you forth from the land of Egypt and delivered you by the waters of baptism. But you prepared a cross for your Savior. O Lord, have mercy. I led you through the desert 40 years and fed you with manna. I brought you through times of persecution and of renewal and gave you my body, the bread of heaven. But you prepared a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy. I made you branches of my vineyard and gave you the water of salvation. But when I was thirsty, you gave me vinegar and gall and pierced with a spear the side of your Savior. Lord, have mercy. I went before you in a pillar of cloud, but you led me to the judgment hall of Pilate. I brought you to the land of freedom and prosperity, but you have scourged, mocked, and beaten me. Lord, have mercy. I gave you a royal scepter and bestowed the keys to the kingdom, but you have given me a crown of thorns. I raised you on high with great power, but you have hanged me on a cross. Lord, have mercy. My peace I gave, which the world cannot give, and you washed your feet as a servant, but you drew the sword to strike in my name and seek high places in my kingdom. Lord, have mercy. I accepted the cup of suffering and death for your sake, but you scatter and deny and abandon me. I sent the spirit of truth to lead you, but you chose and closed your hearts to my guidance. Lord, have mercy. I called you to go and bring forth fruit, but you cast lots for my clothing. I prayed that you all might be one, but you continue to quarrel and divide. Lord, have mercy. I grafted you into the tree of my chosen people, Israel, but you turned on them with persecution and mass murder. I made you joint heirs with them of my covenants, but you made them scapegoats for your own guilt. Lord, have mercy. I came to you as the least of your brothers and sisters. I was hungry, but you gave me no food. I was thirsty, but you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, but you did not welcome me. Naked, but you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, but you did not 
visit me. Lord, have mercy. Most merciful God, we, your church, confess our sins against your Son. We know that our only place to stand is within the circle of your loving mercy. And indeed, upon our knees in repentance, praying for that mercy. Hear our prayers that too often our spirit has not been that of Christ. We see that. We confess that. Have mercy on us. Where we have failed to love one another as he loved us, where we have pledged loyalty to him with our lips and then betrayed, deserted, or denied him. Forgive us, we pray. And by your spirit, make us faithful in every time of trial. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, this all we pray. Amen. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. But Christ suffered and died for us, was raised from the dead and ascended on high for us, and continues to intercede for us. Believe the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding Jesus and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me. When you come in.
Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Word three. Woman, behold thy son. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Now's the time in our worship service where we invite the children to come close to their screens, whether it's a TV, a computer monitor, a tablet, or a phone, so that we can be in conversation with one another. I don't know about you, but Good Friday doesn't always feel so good to me. It is a day that I feel sad. It's a day that I grieve, I mourn, I cry for what was done to Jesus. This is a day that is not so happy for Jesus and his loved ones. We have the blessing of knowing how the story continues, but for them, they know that Jesus was on a cross after he had shared a meal with his friends. He had gone up into a garden to pray and there he was betrayed. He was put on trial, he was condemned to death, and he was placed on the cross to die. And while he was on the cross, he talked to his mother and the beloved disciple, telling them that this is your brother, or this is your son, and this is your mother, giving them the reminder that Jesus had created a new family for us, not just those that our, our biological family, or those that we share blood ties with, but a family of people of faith together. So on that day, by the time this day is over, Jesus will be taken from the cross, taken from his loved ones, placed in the tomb, and the tomb will be closed and it'll be rolled away. Or the, to the, the stone will be rolled into place. And we sit in the sadness of this day and we remember what Jesus and his family must have gone through. But we also remember that Jesus did something profound when he looked at Mary and the beloved disciple and gave them to one another. Because it reminds us of that family that I was talking about before. It reminds us that when we are sad, if we can't turn to our moms and dads, our grandma and grandpas, our brothers and sisters, that we have people who are there for us. We have people who love us, that will support us, that will take us in and let us cry on their shoulders. And that is a great gift that allows us to get through some of the most difficult times in our lives. So if you're sad today, that's okay. But remember, as you turn to a loved one or to someone who has become like family to you, remember that they love you and that they'll support you through this sadness. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? 
At our church, we do a repeat after me prayer. So I'm going to invite you to repeat after me. Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for the third day. Thank you for people who have become like family to us. Help us to love each other well. In your name we pray, amen. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why has God forsaken me? Cried out Jesus from the cross as he shared the loneliness of our deepest grief and loss. At the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus wept with open grief. Grant us, God, the tears which heal all our pain and unbelief. Jesus, as his life expired, placed himself within God's care. At our dying Christ may we trust the love which conquers fear. Mystery shrouds our life and death, but we need not be afraid. For the mystery's heart is love, God's great love which Christ displayed. A reading from the book of John, the 19th chapter, verses 28 through 30. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scriptures, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of wine on a stick of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We're near the end now. Six of Jesus' last words on the cross have been uttered. So much of what Jesus has done this day has been, 
in fulfillment of the Hebrew scriptures about the Messiah. This part of the journey is no different. Jesus, suffering and near death, says that he is thirsty. Crucifixion is a slow and painful death, and everything that Jesus has been through since the night before means that he has lost most of the water in his body. And what do the soldiers do? They put a sponge full of sour wine, the other Gospels call it wine vinegar, on a stick and give it to him. It says something about how thirsty Jesus is that he drinks it. The Son of God, the creator of the universe, is thirsty and in pain. And it's not by accident that even the stick the soldiers put the sponge on is significant. John says the stick was a hyssop stock to tie in with Jesus as being the Lamb of God, the sacrifice. The stalks of the hyssop plant were what was used in ritual cleansing. When Moses tells the Hebrews in Egypt how to prepare for that first Passover, he says, take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood of the lamb in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and both sides of the door flame. Now that cleansing hyssop has shown up again at the end of Jesus' life, so very near his death. On the end of the stick isn't one last blessing, like cold, clear water, but wine vinegar. The Hebrew Bible reminds us that we shouldn't treat our worst enemies this way. In Proverbs 25, it says that if your enemy is hungry, you should give them bread. And if they are thirsty, give them water. The word of God says that even your worst enemy deserves that. Of course, Roman soldiers hadn't likely ever heard the word of God that way. But the women and the disciple at the foot of the cross had, and they would have recognized that last indignity on top of all the others as just one last indignity heaped on the Messiah. Now the indignities are over. Jesus drinks, and having fulfilled all the words he was sent to fulfill, he says, it is finished. What is? His suffering? His life? Or his fulfillment of everything that he has been sent to do? This journey that began in a manger, ends here. Jesus, the light of the world, has done everything he was supposed to do for our sake. He has suffered torture, pain, indignities, and now death for us. The words that we translate as, it is finished, come from one word in Hebrew or Aramaic. It doesn't just mean the end of something. It's the word that would have been written on the bottom of a bill of sale. That means paid in full. What is finished, what is paid in full, is any debt that we owe. The God of the universe loves us so much that Jesus was sent to pay our bill in full. What are we going to do with that knowledge? There's nothing that I can do to pay back the debt that Jesus wiped out. It's just not possible. I can only live in deep gratitude 
and awe of what has been poured out for you and for me. I can take that gratitude and put it into action to do the things that Jesus calls us to do, to love God with all our heart and soul and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I invite you to join me in that gratitude. Tonight, what we'll be doing to do to serve that gratitude is what we always do in our services together. The United Methodist Church will be the place where we send our donations to go to Harbor House to feed and clothe and help those less fortunate. I hope you will join me in that gratitude. A reading from Luke 23, verses 44 to 46. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, all too quickly the breaking of the bread becomes the breaking of the flesh. All too soon the cup offered at the table becomes the life poured out at the cross. After the rending, after the emptying, comes an impossible stillness, an aching silence, an incomprehensible hollow for which no word will ever be adequate. And now, how do we meet this silence? How do we bear this ache? Well, God, there is not much to say after these seven words. For now it's a time of waiting, watching, listening, Hearts are heavy as we watch with our mind's eye this crucifixion and hear again your words from the cross. Forgive us for our betrayals. Forgive us for our times of desertion. Forgive us for not raising our voices against injustice. Forgive us for refusing the way of compassion. Forgive us for turning our backs on the way of Jesus. Oh God, forgive us. As we pray with sighs too deep for words, save us, for we cannot save ourselves. With your help, we walk through this dark night and this crushing silence in our souls knowing already that the resurrection comes and that we are not left forever in despair. Until Easter morn, O oh God, meet us and sustain us in our own darkness. Teach us to walk to the cross and know its meaning before we move on, walking now in the way of the cross. On this cross you meet us within our deep aches and our profound brokenness. On this cross, the love of God is heralded into and throughout creation. On this cross, 
a life poured out becomes life eternal for us. On this cross, your broken body becomes our bread and drink to heal our wounds, forgive our sins, and reconcile our lives. But now we wait in darkness, in this stillness and ache, but also hope in your promise. And these words of Jesus are used as our resounding universal prayer of all your people. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.